Welcome to the Seek 24 podcast. My name is John Michael Lucido, and this podcast will feature some of our favorite podcasters recorded live at the Spoke Street Media booth during Seek 24 in St. Louis. We hope these give you a glimpse of the energy and passion from the conference and help you in your faith journey. Enjoy. What's up, Seek24? So good to be with you guys. Woo! Yes. It's exciting. Um, for those of you who may not know us, my name is Brad Pieron, and this is my good friend, Dan Dimite. Hey. What's up, man? And Stop. this is my other good friend, Aaron Richards. Hi, Brad. And um, yes. we're a part of a podcast called Beyond Damascus. Raise your hand <laughs> Hi, if guys. you've ever listened to Beyond Damascus before. Anybody in the crowd? Nice. Like 12 of you. That's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Beyond Damascus is a show where encounter meets mission. And the reason that we desire to bring this podcast to you today is because we're in a place where encounter happens. Are you guys excited to be with, with all of these people at Seek? We're excited to be at Seek. Yeah, yeah, this is insane. This is, I believe, the largest Seek we have seen yeah. in all of Seek history. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, we're a part of a ministry called Damascus, and Damascus is an apostolate in Ohio, and we serve young people. So we're a community of young adult missionaries serving the youth of the church. We have a worship night happening tonight here at the Seek Conference, so join us for that, um, which will be awesome. And um, yeah, what are you guys looking forward to most about the conference? I'm looking forward to our worship night. It's going to yeah. be amazing. Room 130, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 8.45 tonight. A couple thousand people, a couple thousand of your closest friends come for a time of extended worship. It's going to be a blast. I just want God to do something he's never done before at Seek. Like I, I, there's like, there should be an anticipation in all of our hearts that like, okay, if we're dedicating this much time and this many people to the worship of God, God is yeah. going to do something. And so if you've shown up at this conference, there's not a great expectation for God to move in power. I just want to invite you to like, have an expectation that when God's people gather together in prayer, he comes and he comes in power. And I think particularly I've been talking to a lot of people um, who have been to conferences in the past and they're like, it just feels different this year that God wants yeah. to do. I, I think God wants to do something. Like if we're hungry for God to move, imagine how hungry God is for God to, to move. move. Yeah. He's like starving for us to open our hearts for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I love that Seek is actually like, named after that verse from John 1, right? What do you seek, right? And, and there's this like amazing moment where Jesus turns to these two apostles that are following him. He says, what do you seek? What are you looking for? And when they respond, they don't respond with like some amazing theological revelation. They respond with, oh, we're not exactly sure what we're looking for, but where are you staying? Like whatever, yeah. you, ha whatever you have, is what we're looking for. So Jack, you're with us tonight too. Yep. This afternoon, okay. whatever time it is, exciting right. to have you. Jack's our producer of Beyond Damascus. And if you've never watched the podcast before, never listened to the podcast before, um, we're a, a podcast that takes a question from our viewers. We respond to it. Our answer uh, comes in three different forms. So we have a mug right up there. Dan, can you hold up the mug? And uh, each of us, Dan, Aaron, and myself all have two pennies. You might be like, why do people still carry pennies at all? Well, it's because we each have two cents to give on the given question. We throw our two cents into the mug, give a, a thought or two on what the question might have as a best answer. And then from that point, we just kind of discuss those answers along the way. Jack collects the questions for us. We had questions coming into the SEAT conference from a variety of people that listen to the podcast. And so we'll uh, throw it over to Jack. Now, before we answer, we'll have a question. We'll each give two cents. After that, we'll have a time to talk about those answers because we don't just want to be a podcast where we talk about good concepts. We want to be a podcast that mobilizes people 
into mission. So we'll have a time of mission momentum. Just follow along with us and we'll have a good time. Jack, throwing it over to you. What's the question for the Live Seek podcast? The first question for the Live Seek podcast, Brad, is what do I do after having a mountaintop experience. What do I do after having a mountaintop experience? Those in the crowd, raise your hand if you've ever been on a retreat or a conference where you've had a mountaintop experience with the Lord Jesus. Yes, a lot of us have had mountaintop experiences. And uh, the question is, what should we do after we have a mountaintop experience? I'm going to begin it, but I need a little more challenge. Okay, Dan, move the mug for Aaron. Aaron Aaron's going to flip the pennies. Okay, that one missed. And that one missed worse, but (laughs) uh, we'll put both of those in there. They're gone forever. Aaron, your two cents. If you've never watched the podcast before, Aaron misses his two cents in the jar Regularly. every time. Yeah. But no, he's made three really, shots. Every time. We're okay. really impressed with his three. personal right. self-growth, yeah. though. He's made three. <laughs> 10%. 5%. Not even 10. Okay, okay. So one of my favorite readings in, the, in Matthew's gospel is when um, the Magi are coming to visit the baby Jesus. We, we just fresh off the Christmas celebration here, and uh, there's this really cool statement that I think often maybe goes unheard. It's the last verse of chapter two in Matthew's gospel. After the Magi come, they open their treasures, they offer him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then verse 12 says, being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. They departed to their own country by another way. And when I think of the mountaintop experience, an encounter with Jesus is a moment of transformation, that when we encounter the Lord, our life is changed. And in order to, to witness to the fact that my life has been changed, I need to be sure that when I go back, that I go back by a different way, mm. that I go back as intent on establishing a new normal for what my new experience will be. So we would make a mistake to suggest that I'm going to go back to my normal way of life, right? Uh, we work with a program called Catholic Youth Summer Camp at Damascus. It's kind of our flagship program. We have thousands of middle school and high school students who come and experience this, this transformational encounter with Jesus over the course of six days and five nights in the summer. And uh, a number of years ago, I had this experience where I kept hearing time and time again from, from students and from counselors, from missionaries who would come and who would serve with us that they met the Lord powerfully in this place of encounter and then after a couple weeks having gone back, they just slid back into their normal routine, right? And, uh, you know, the, the phrase that was used was like, I got my camp high and then I went, and then I went home and, and went back into normal life. And I remember I was, I was sitting with the Lord in the time of prayer one morning and I just, I, I asked him this question, do I have to go back to a normal way of life? And his invitation to me was, no, stay on the mountaintop. Like, I never told you to leave. I wonder in Moses's life, after he encountered the Lord in the burning bush, and then he went into a, into a lifelong mission of really hard stuff. If there was ever a day that went by that he didn't think of the burning bush, right? That he didn't remember that moment that charged him for mission. Or, uh, you, know, you know, you see it repeated when he goes and he, he meets the Lord face to face on the mountain. And I, I believe that when we have these moments of encounter, the Lord's not saying, hey, here's a one-time thing, here's a little taste, and then you can go back and maybe think fondly on it a time or two. But when the Lord encounters us powerfully, he wants to establish a new normal. What's that new normal for us? I think in a moment of encounter like this, oftentimes it is uh, a powerful moment where I get to have conversation or dialogue with the living God, where through either 
uh, a moment in, in confession or a moment in adoration or a moment in worship where I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where I hear the Lord speak to me and that that word changes something. And I believe that what the Lord wants to invite us to is that that should be the normal that we live every day, right? So in response to a powerful spiritual encounter, a mountaintop experience, let's ask the Lord, God, what is the new normal that you wanna do in me? I believe that's gonna have a new normal for prayer. I believe that's gonna have a new normal for mission. God, how do you want me to live this out in a way that I wasn't living it out yesterday? God, where have I become comfortable in a way that I need to, I need to stretch myself out of my comfort zone? And when we use that as the new baseline, as the new normal, we'll find that, that we are actually transformed by these things instead of just moving on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, what, what do we do after a mountaintop experience? We live from it. You right? know, I, I remember there was a, how many of you have ever actually climbed a mountain? <laughs> right? Uh, climbing a mountain is, is oh, difficult. Back, if that counts. <laughs> it's difficult work. I used, to, I used to run a mission trip in Appalachia and uh, we, we would always break off in the middle of the night and we would take all the, all the, the adventurous high school guys and girls would, would decide to climb up the mountaintop. And what's cool is when you, when you look at the mountaintop from the ground, you see what looks like the peak until you get there. And then you realize that that's not the peak and that there's another one that's higher. And as you, as you, as you continue to ascend, you see that there's always something further up and further in, right? And what we call the mountaintop today, the Lord says, we're just getting started. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that the you root us in the Magi. They went home by a different way. And I think that is, okay, well then I've got to actually, while I'm on the mountain, don't, don't leave the mountain until you've asked the Lord, what is the other way? Like, Good. Yeah. how do you want me to return home? So this, these moments that uh, you know you're here, something's happening, right? I've encountered him. And now I'm asking, okay, Lord, what is this different way of life you want to show me? And the beautiful thing is, is it, it is, it's, there's a higher up, higher up, higher up from glory to glory yeah. that we get. He, he's not done revealing himself. Even you've, if you've had one revelation, then the Lord has another revelation for you. It's not one and done. There's more to be had. Yeah, man. It reminds me of the transfiguration too, because I think yeah. when someone hears like, hey, let's stay on the mountain, they might be like, well, yeah, but on the transfiguration narrative, Jesus looks at Peter and he says, no, we're not going to make tents. Like, we're not going to stay here. But he's not saying we're not going to stay in the presence of God. We're not going to stay here because I need Good. the mountain to leave with you. Like, I, I don't need you to set up residence here. I need to go with you in the way that I've come to you on the mountain. Like, even at the beginning of the Gospel of John, where we're talking glory to glory, right? The pro, that beautiful prologue. Like, John, John literally says, and we saw his glory. Like, I think sometimes we pass by that verse of like, oh, you know, like that, that's really poetic. Good work, John, you know? And he's like, no, we saw him. Like we saw him in a totally new way and it changed us forever. And Peter wanted to stay there, but Jesus said, no, you're not staying here, meaning proximal. You're gonna go from mountaintop to mountaintop. I have other things to show you, right? And I think that that's like, I don't know, that that is the way the church was formed. That's the way all of us, have come into discipleship as we met Jesus and we decided to follow. Yeah, the mountain is good, right? Like is good. Yeah. over and over again in scriptures, God establishes <laughs> his covenant and God encounters Sinai, his people Tabor. on the mountaintop. Yes. And there is this trend in ministry sometimes where we're like, oh, like 
It's not about the mountaintop experiences. Like, don't tell that to God because God, all throughout the, the scriptures, it's like, it is about these mountaintop experiences. And so God wants us to encounter him in a powerful way here at this conference right good. now. And you have to so know good, that God wants you to encounter yeah. him yeah. in a powerful way. If you don't have expectation for God to move in your life, God won't move in your life. Why? Because he says, ask and you will receive. If you don't ask for a powerful experience of his power and his glory, you're not gonna get it. Yeah. You get what you ask for. So tonight, ask God to move mountains in your life to come in power and glory. Imagine what God would do. Imagine what would happen to this nation if God moved in this stadium with 25,000 people. Right. That if God moved in an, in an incredible, un, unknown way, and we were charged for that. I'm gonna throw in my two cents. Yeah, do it. My two cents are this. If, what do we do after a mountaintop experience? Um, what do we what do we do after a mountaintop experience? We lace up our boots. We lace up our boots, right? That after we have a mountaintop experience, I think what God wants us to do is roll up our sleeves, lace up our boots, and get ready to bring God to the world. That if we've encountered the power and the majesty and the beauty and the love and the mercy and the forgiveness, whatever you've encountered, if you've encountered divine life, lace up your boots, roll up your sleeves, and go on mission. Because if he is real, if this God that we worship as Catholics is real, if he loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son so that we could have life and have eternal life, and he suffered and he died on the cross so that you could have union with him. If he loved you so much that he became, this divine God became a piece of bread, then every single person needs to know that. When people encounter Jesus, yeah. what do they do? They go and tell people about that. Andrew, he goes to his brother. And he says, we found the Messiah, the Samaritan woman. She's like, I met this man who told me everything about my life. Paul encounters Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. And then he doesn't go and hang out with all of his buddies to talk about it. He's sent to the Gentile world, to kings and to pagans to bring Jesus's name there. And so if we have been so blessed and so loved by God to encounter him on the mountain, realize that gift was given to you for a reason and a purpose. And that purpose is so that you could tell his name to the nations, so you could share his name with others, so that those who haven't experienced his mercy would experience his mercy. Aaron, as you're saying, they go by a different way. I think what we do after we have this mountaintop experience is we ask Jesus to redefine every part of our life so that it's mission oriented, that we would just look at our life and you would do what you do and you would do it to advance Jesus's name. So everything you do, whatever your college degree is, you do it now for Jesus's name. Your friendships, you do it now for Jesus's name. Your sports, your extracurriculars, your passions, your desires, your hopes, your dreams, you do it all now for Jesus. Your life has been redefined by this mountaintop encounter with Jesus. Now you say, I'm lacing up my boots. I'm no longer gonna expand my kingdom. I'm gonna exp expand God's kingdom. That's really good, man. That's really good. I, I, I was um, laughing when you said lace up the boots, which I, I like wanted to like reach down and actually lace mine up because that's exciting. I was, uh, I was thinking like, you mentioned the burning bush, Aaron, and they relate because Moses takes his sandals off, but he puts them back on. Cause God's like, wait till you see what I have on the other side of this. You see what I did to a bush? Wait till you see what I do with your stutter. Wait till you see what I do in the desert. Wait till you see what I do in Aaron. Wait till you see what I do. Wait till you see what I do, right? That's awesome. 
Yeah, it, and it just gets better and better. It gets better and better, like, exactly. The burning bush was pretty awesome, yes. but then everything God did in Moses' life was better Because the lives better transformed better. are better than a bush on fire. Yes. Well, Dan, one of the things that you often will, will talk about is how the church isn't meant to be a country club, right? Where we come back and we just, we gather for the sake of consolation. Yeah. But actually that our lives are, are most fully lived when we give them away. Uh, one, of the, one of the most consistent quotes that we'll go back to time and time again is that Man cannot come to know himself except through a sincere gift of himself, John Paul II. And we see that, you know, this is why we do what we do. This is why Damascus does what we do, that we, we challenge people to live a really hard missionary lifestyle where you can't, you can't be a missionary without sacrifice. You can't be a missionary without giving your life away. Why? Because, because that, that in our experiences is what it means to, to live a life fully alive. To, to, to do something hard, to, to uh, take on a challenge that, that, that is outside of your norm, right? To continue to seek after that life-changing, um, complete and sincere gift of self so that you can come to know who you are. But I think that is the, if you will, the challenge, that the, one of the challenges we're facing as church today is that we have a lot of disciples, but we don't have a lot of missionary disciples. And so we do have a lot of people who they've encountered him and then we, we, we establish ourselves to have daily prayer lives. And, but one of the things we laugh around about a lot is like God, God allowed you to encounter him for, for more than just so that you could have a daily prayer life and a nice journal. Like he has more like that, that. How do I explain that? It's not that the daily prayer life isn't good. Yes. After those mountaintop experiences, we want to have that, yeah. but it's not just about you and him in a coffee shop together forever. It's like, He's, oh, he should open your eyes. Paul, when he encounters Jesus, he, it's, his, his glory is so powerful, he, he's blinded. And then the scales fall from his eyes. And so if you have a mountaintop experience, but the scales don't fall from your eyes and you don't see the pain and the hurt and the suffering of humanity outside of yourself, you haven't truly encountered him. If it's just about me and him and our little coffee house relationship, God has more for you. He wants the scales to fall so that when you see him, you see the brokenness in this world. Yeah, Dan, I actually want to honor you. I think you were the first one that introduced me to the story of the 40 martyrs of Sebast, which is in modern day Turkey. And they're brought before the emperor and the emperor's like, I'm going to send you naked to die on a frozen yeah. lake. But all I need you to do is to stop talking about Jesus. He's like, you can still have your prayer time. You can even still gather behind closed doors. Just stop speaking his name. And they're like, that's not Christianity. Like, they're like, actually, that's not an option. Because when we said yes to him, the one thing we said is we'd never say no to him. And I, I was so inspired when I first heard that because I'm like, how many times do we come to a conference or go to a retreat and we never ask ourselves, myself included, who did I tell about that? Like, yes, I, I came to St. Louis and there was 20,000 people there and it was exciting. And I saw people that actually cared about Jesus. And I saw people who wanted to give their lives to them. How many people have you told that to? Like, go tell someone. Like, I saw something different. Like the woman at the well. Like, I don't know who the guy is, but he told me everything, you know? Andrew's like, I think he's the Messiah. We went and saw where he was staying for one day. And I'm convinced that he's the Messiah, you know? It's something, it's something we, we should take seriously because... The martyrs, the saints, they take it seriously. I'm gonna throw in my two cents. Okay, two cents into the mug. Um, man, you guys have hidden, hit on good things. I think, what should I do after a mountaintop experience, right, Jack? So I think my answer would be, 
you should transform the community that you're coming from. That my, my response would be that when you go back different, that will make a difference, right? Like we can't go back different and then remain the same. It's, it's, it's not the way that it works. And so whenever the Lord transforms me, I become a new creation and I go back into old circumstances. And what I would say is to begin transforming those old circumstances. So if there were ways that, that the community I'm coming from, we talked about mission a lot, but we didn't go on mission. Let's go on mission more. We listened to a lot of good podcasts and absorbed a lot of good content, but we never sat in a holy hour. Let's go sit in a holy hour and get before the Lord of the universe. I think like community is so good for us, but it also can be one of the greatest idols in our lives that we can have community and they can be a, an echo chamber for us that remind us how good we're doing, which has a place, but they also need to be a community that calls us to the higher calling, right? Like I want a community in my life that celebrates me when I'm in need of being celebrated and challenges me when I'm in need of being challenged because I, I don't want to fall into, um, I, I don't want to fall into complacency on the one hand, right? But I also don't want to be like, um, <laughs> totally absorbed by my own life on the other hand. Like, I, I think that sometimes what we find is in community, you'll have a community that celebrates you and says everything you're doing is good, but they're, they're, they're not challenging you the way you need to be, or vice versa. They're challenging you all the time, but they're not celebrating and honoring those things that you're bringing to the community. Whenever we go back from a mountaintop, like I think about Moses when he went back to the desert. You mentioned this, Dan, uh, like, <laughs> sometimes in the church, I think we're like, we were made for the desert, you know? We were made for it. And it's like, yeah, but God sent the commandments to the desert. And he only brought people through the desert so they could get to a promised land. Like, it wasn't the desert for the sake of the desert. It was the desert for the sake of something different. And, um, and Moses, from the mountain, came down and transformed what was going on right? The Israelites were worshiping the golden calf that they were calling Yahweh. In other words, they were making God in the image they wanted him to be in, right? It wasn't a different God. It was Yahweh, but they wanted to form Yahweh in a way that they could see him and condition themselves to them and control him. So what I would say is when Moses comes down from the mountain, he transforms things. He comes down, and he says, no, look at what God has spoken. Yeah. And when we come down from the mountain only to go to the next mountain, we look to everyone around us and we say, hey, I just encountered God on a mountain and the next mountain I climb, I want you to come with me. Let's transform this place that was one way and now is leaving by a different way. And uh, a conference okay. like Seek's a great example of that. Yeah. Like, not, not a single person in this room is here because they thought it would be a great idea to come to a random conference, right? Yeah, St. Louis, the convention center, let's just go there. You're all here by invitation. Yeah. So you're, you're here by someone who had an encounter, who had an experience, who invited you and desired that you might share that so that you could experience what they experienced. And, and when we live our, our Christian life like that, that, hey, the good that God's done in me isn't just for me, but it's, it's for us. The, the call that God's got for mission for me isn't just for me, it's for us. Yeah, but I think that, I think we live, that pretty well. Um, or at least I experienced that well from you guys is that, um, no one is like, no one is burning for mission or no one is on the mountain at every moment of every day. Right. And so the beauty of community is that you remind us of, of that desire. Right. So like when I have laws in my life as a missionary disciple, you guys are 
are encouraging me through your words and your actions. And so everyone's going back to community and everyone's community, uh, the Lord wants to inflame it to a greater degree. Some of you may be like, man, I feel like we don't even have Catholic community yet. And so it's like, okay, well then what does God want you to do just to establish that brotherhood, that sisterhood, that communal life together where you eat, you pray, you bless each other, you break bread together. Like how does he want to establish that? Others, you may be like, I'm going back to kind of a, a lukewarm, complacent community. And so the Lord's like, how do I challenge that community to set it on fire more and really enkindle um, just what God wants for it? Yeah. I was, I w- I was um, over Christmas break, one of the things that's really been challenging me in prayer. So this is, you mentioned the echo chamber. And I've been really frustrated a little bit with this, like with the, the echo chamber of Facebook and echo chamber of social media, because it's like, Whenever you're on it, you're just seeing the the thoughts, the comments of the people who like regurgitate the same things you do. And like, I was like, man, there are so many people who for me, I encounter God through conferences like this, right? I can have an encounter with God through Eucharistic adoration or through like seeing 20,000 Catholics. There are so many people in this nation who they, they, this conference does not appeal to them at all. Like the idea of Catholics gathering together angers them. The, 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 the idea of young adults worshiping God angers them. It is our job to figure out not just how do we invite people to the place where we encountered him, but how do we bring God to those people who they don't even want to come here. Yeah. That this frustrates like that the echo chamber can't just be, we want more Catholics, we want more like more people at our conferences. It said, no, wait, we have to, as a community, be people who after encountering him, figure out how to go to the lost who want nothing to do with something like yeah. this. Yeah, and, and to go out, to be a community that goes out. Yeah, It's funny because I think um, a lot of times we can hear messages like this and I think we can think that, well, yeah, but, but I, I'm doing okay. It's like, no, we're not, we're not talking about going bad to good. We're talking about going good to great, like you were made for greatness. And the way by which to taste greatness is to get outside of yourself. And it's funny, we minister to middle schoolers and high schoolers a lot. If, if you're listening to us and you're like gathered here at Mission Way, raise your hand if you wanna do something great with your life and raise it high enough to where I can see it and feel good about the question that I, yes, love it. And like everyone's raising their hand, why? Because we were all made to do something great with our lives. Now raise your hand if you think you can do something great with your life by just doing what everybody else is doing. Brad, there's no hands raised. Zero hands raised for anybody listening. Because, you did. They participated. Because, but because we know that. So why are we just doing what everybody else is doing? If we're going to be church, if we're going to bring oneness, Catholicism, if we're going to bring an apostolic zeal, like if we're going to bring these things that the church was made for, we're one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. All of those things are different than what we see in the world. So if we're going to be church in the world, community in the world, we have to be different. So this is the part of the show, though where we actually don't just talk like what we're talking about, we actually move it into mission. So this is a segment we call Mission Momentum. So based on the things we've talked about, all of us give one action step. Like what's one tangible way that you listening here locally or you listening uh, online, how you can take the message from the answers that we've been giving and put that into your life. So I'll let one of you guys start, but Mission Momentum, what's one way we can bring these realities into our life? What do you got, Dan? Um, I really want to encourage everyone, especially um, at this conference, when you're on the mountaintop, don't leave until you've gotten instructions from him. 
uh, who is on the mountain. So don't go home. Don't leave this place until he's told you what he wants from you, right? Like here, his voice is, is clear. You're hearing him uh, on the mountain. You hear him better, right? And so allow that consolation to be a place where he gives you instruction and then trust that instruction. Ask the Lord very simply, what do you want me to do when I go home? And get the instruction, write it down and be prepared. If you're looking for ideas, you can head over to the Damascus booth. You've yeah. got lots of things you can do when you go. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, there's plenty of options. Uh, I, I'd piggyback off that a little bit too. Just in regard to how it is that we live our life of prayer, right? If, if you've had a powerful moment of encounter with the Lord and you can point back to that moment and you can say, man, like this was that mountaintop experience. It was, it was how the Lord met me at the Damascus worship night on yeah. Tuesday night at Seek. It yeah. was how the Lord met me in adoration or in confession or at mass or in this this particular teaching, it's fair game to go back to the Lord and, and earnestly with all your heart, just pray, Lord, would you do it again? God, would you do that again in me? And I think you'd be surprised at how much the Lord wants to take you back to that place. Man, I love so that. so don't, don't leave a place of encounter thinking, man, that was great. And I'm never going to experience that again, but just make that our prayer. That's really uh, good. God, I, I beg you to do it again. I love that. Man, I love you guys so much that I'm, I don't even know if I want to add one. I, um, well, I think, so what I do for Damascus, I'm the missionary program director at Damascus. So I, I work with young adults who are in seasons of discernment. So most of you that are listening here locally, here at the Sea Conference, those of you listening online, you might be in a season of discernment. I want to speak to you. And if you're in a season of discernment, what I want you to do is I want you to fold up your pros and cons list and put it in the back of your Bible. And instead of just looking at the pros and cons list, what I want you to do is to replace that pros and cons list with three questions. Go into prayer with the options that you have for the next season of your life and ask the Lord these three things. First, ask him, Father, what is your heart for these things that I'm thinking about doing? What is your heart for them? Second, what do you want me to do about that heart for them? And third, when do you want me to do that? If we take those three questions, instead of the pros and cons list that we can get so obsessed with, what we'll begin doing is centering our lives on God. We'll center our lives on a call, vocation. Uh, like what you're called to do in discernment doesn't come without his voice or it's not discernment. Discernment is listening for his voice. It's not thinking really hard, right? And so I, I, I've gotten so much life from asking those questions. I've seen so many young adults' lives transformed. They've said yes to mission with Focus and mission with St. Paul's Outreach and mission with Camp Gray and Damascus and with Net Ministries. Like people say yes to ministry and to secular life, but in a missional sense, whenever they listen for the Lord's voice. So instead of looking at your pros and cons list for the thousandth time, fold that up, put it in the back of your Bible, ask the Lord what his heart is for the things you're considering what he wants you to do about it. Maybe it's intercede for that. Maybe it's actually say yes to that. And then the third thing is when do you want me to do it? Amen. Sound good? Yeah, that's um, awesome. Well, for those of you listening and those online, this has been Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can find us at Beyond Damascus on all the social media platforms. And if you have any questions that you'd like to be asked on the podcast at some point, email us at beyond at damascus.net. And we have something we do at the end of the podcast. We always want to kind of leave you with a line, and this line's really important. We want you to remember that mission, mission makes, makes sense. sense. See, because we put sense into a jar, and we talk about mission, and yeah. it makes sense. We 
We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more info on the SEEK conference, visit seek.focus.org. This episode of the SEEK24 podcast was produced by Spoke Street. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com. Thank you.